Folks, I am happy to uh, start up again. Great conversations with the Mason County Sheriff's Office. I'm here with Sheriff Ryan Sperling. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, and it's good to see you. Uh, we got some things to catch up on in regards to Mason County and things that are happening. Uh, let's first start with something I saw on social media today. It was a picture of a uh, group of mailboxes, like from a neighborhood, uh, and one of the doors had been obviously pried open and all the mail was gone. Uh, the community was posting about this, so they were letting each other know. But what happens in these types of situations? Gosh, it's so frustrating. I've had my mailbox pried open and mm -hmm. my mail stolen as well. And, you know, it's. It seems to be cyclic. In other words, it happens in cycles. Right before holidays, uh, it gets a little bit worse because people are looking for gift cards. Okay. They're looking for anything that they can steal and make use of right away. Uh, sometimes, you know, it could be kids, but a lot of times it's not. It's adults that are trying to support uh, drug addictions and other things like that and getting any way to get money uh, in a quick fashion. So obviously if you have your mailbox broken into, call the emergency or the non-emergency line and let our deputies know. Don't just assume that somebody knows about it. Make sure in social media we don't you know, have the manpower to oh, yeah. scour social media to see what crimes are going on. Make sure you let us know and we look for the patterns and if we see any distinguishable pattern we're able to kind of set up and take a look and keep eyes out on those type of things. Uh, one thing I would recommend is obviously a lock mailbox. Sure. More people go to that, but it's so expensive. It's frustrating that you have to do that now. Other things is making sure the mailbox area, if possible, is lit up. And even if you have somebody that can have a camera on it, because then you've got license plates, descriptions, and that really aids us in these type of things. And it's, it's a serious crime to steal people's mail. Yeah, and um, you know, over the weekend too, I was watching some shows, maybe getting ready for the football game, and they were having a infomercial on LifeLock. And while I'm not advocating for any certain organ, uh, you know, company that does these types of things, the story was that this gentleman had his identity stolen through the mail, and the process to kind of bring him whole again was very difficult. And at times, you know, some of the creditors, uh, the, the accounts that were open in his name, they didn't necessarily believe him, that it wasn't him that did this. And, and so, of course, they were trying to push this product, but I can see how that can happen in cases. Absolutely. It's, it's even worse in some respects than losing your purse or your wallet where now you have to cancel all your credit cards and do all this stuff because you don't know where that trail has gone. How, has, how have they used your identity? And it's, it's horrible. And I just wish the individuals that were doing this would take those efforts and put them to a positive right. uh, work, you know, because it'd make the community better because they're clever and deceptive and it's terrible. Uh, so yeah, it's a long process and it's hard, but stick with it because it's obviously worth it. 
And some of those first steps are making sure law enforcement yes. knows right when this happens, so there's a start of a record. Right, and uh, you know, especially with banks and everything else, they have video of the person coming in and trying to set up accounts, uh, uh, maybe Social Security or whatever it is. There's a lot of places that now have cameras, and so get a hold of us, let us know what's gone on, and we have some resources that may be able to help. Yes, we're inundated with calls. Just last year, we covered almost 25,000 calls oh, for wow. service in Mason County. And we're still short on staff, but we get after those type of things to our best of our ability. Sure. Well, let's move into that, some of uh, staffing needs and uh, the best use of uh, sheriff's office deputies that are out there on the roadways that need to be out there. You have a massive amount of roadways, not a lot of straight lines from here to there. You got the waterways as well. So what's going on? with the sheriff's office, how can how can people get involved from the volunteer level to even applying in here? Yeah, we, uh, in August, we were 20% down for our staffing. And uh, and so there's a, let's stop there, is that across the board? Is that specifically the jail, on the roads, in the department, where is that? That was actually across the board. Wow, okay. Uh, so we have just over 100 employees at the sheriff's office, including the jail, our support staff, and our patrol staff. And we were eight down in patrol, eight down in the uh, jail, and we were four down in support. And I challenged the staff because it's just a challenging time. People don't want to work in the jail. They don't want to work in law enforcement. It's been such negative messaging for the last couple of years, right. not only in the United States, but in Washington state. It's not, not the same coveted type position that it used to mm -hmm. be. Uh, but we're finding that the people that are applying are doing it for the right reasons. It's because they want to help and they want to make a difference and they want to move forward. So we've had really good applicants, really good people that we've hired and our staff has worked really hard. And at the end of the year, I think we were just three down in the jail and two down in support, but our patrol side was full. That's so that's a super exciting uh, thing. But what does that mean when we're full? Well, that means that they still, you know, like the patrol people we hired, we still have a year to two years before they're trained fully functional on the streets. And we're still at about 0.8 deputies per thousand citizens out on the streets. Our biggest need is in our jail. And uh, we have some challenges there and we're excited to move forward. We're working with legislature. We got a or a million dollars last year from the state uh, General, I'm trying to think of, oh, the capital budget, there it is. Okay, yeah. I, was, I was looking for it. We got a, uh, Travis Couture and uh, Griffey fought for us hard, and we are doing the study. We have a meeting coming up next week where we're looking at kind of revolutionizing or changing, not just us, but all, everybody's looking this direction, to where you drive up with somebody who has been arrested, and they're screened, and we have a campus, and if they need to go to detox because they're coming down from a drug, we have a substance abuse disorder uh, building and staff there. We take them right directly there on that same campus or if they're in a mental health crisis, we take them to that building and then the jail's in the same location so that we can actually better serve because the jail is not the best place to take to somebody that's in a mental health crisis. Right. It's not the best place to take somebody who is detoxing from fentanyl. You know, I mean, we need to have better services and then still provide the jail services. So we got to find that balance in there and we're working that way. And hopefully that'll draw more people to the profession as well. We were talking with uh, the 
representatives last week and the week before as the session is underway and they were telling me that um, I believe it's initiative 2114 has kind of garnered enough signatures across the state from its citizens to be potentially looked at by the legislature or if not into the November ballot. This deals with changing some of the verbiage when it comes to the pursuit laws. Yeah, it's an initiative. Initiative now yes. and, and the legislators have an opportunity to hear it and enact it themselves or put it to the vote for the whole state. Uh, I noticed that the change in the law uh, opened it up more to almost what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation where if you notice a car that perhaps is engaging in male theft and it's a white sedan for example now if an enforcement officer is out there and perhaps sees a white sedan with this change potentially they can go and look into that a little more. Yeah, it's, it gives the discretion back to the agencies greatly, more like it was before the law was passed in right. 2021. What a lot of people don't understand is anytime we get involved in a pursuit, uh, we have policies and procedures because we understand it's very dangerous. And you know, my family lives in this community. I don't want one of my deputies pursuing somebody who's real desperate and hitting my family head sure. on because right. they're just going crazy. So we weigh all that out and we've always had to by policy, by training, by regulation. We also, officers get sued if they make poor decisions and somebody dies as a result of it. And there's often costly uh, findings with those lawsuits. The other thing is, is if we do the wrong things, we can be charged criminally as well. Sure. So all of those standards have always been in place. And then when the legislature passed and said, you still don't know what you're doing, we know better, uh, they didn't consider some of the consequences that the community uh, has suffered as a result of those. So it'll be interesting to see how this moves forward. Uh, do I believe that law enforcement can make those decisions? Absolutely. Uh, it's just I have no problems with the accountability piece, none whatsoever, because when you give somebody authority, they should be held accountable. But it would open up the doors for us to pursue people if it was necessary. Let me give you an example, and I think my undersheriff covered it in an article in the journal last week. If that car that was responsible for mail theft, maybe it's a suspect, we get behind it, we run the plate, and the plate, the vehicle's stolen. As it stands right now, if they take off, if we light them up, uh, trying to initiate a traffic stop, we can't chase them. And if it's two o'clock in the afternoon and school's getting out, we're not going to chase them mm -hmm. because the risk outweighs the benefit of getting that person in custody. But if it's two o'clock in the morning and there's nobody out, we may chase them now. Mm -hmm. And that's a discretion that the officer has and the supervisors out on the streets. They are risk managers. That's their job is to intervene and say, hey, stop the pursuit is too dangerous or yes you're okay to continue and that's the things we have in place you know obviously we're not going to just say okay now i can chase everybody for everything and endanger right. the whole community because pursuits are dangerous they are especially when the person's really desperate and a lot of times we can catch them later if we have just the basic information we can put that together and catch them later what are some of the other things as we get through this winter season for folks to remember? There might be uh, new people coming into town. I've seen photos of people, you know, stopping by the High Steel Bridge and looking at the waterfalls. Uh, we have talked over the years of the tragedies that happen in those areas. So people, and, and they are again another, not only uh, uh, terrible situation for families involved there, but strains on the resources for the Sheriff's Office. 
or the volunteer search and rescue. So what can we talk about when it comes to, you know, adhering to those sign the signs that we see if people are out exploring and how does that impact the sheriff's office? And it, it basically comes down to education and personal responsibility, right? Uh, don't go out into the woods not understanding what it means if you got stranded and had to survive overnight. Uh, you know, we oftentimes will have a search and rescue mission in the spring or the fall where somebody is not prepared, they don't have the right resources, and they get hurt and they're climbing Mount Eleanor or one other thing. And it does use a lot of resources and it takes those resources away from other uh, functions that we have to do, which is okay. That's what we're supposed to do. But at the same time, personal responsibility, be wise. Uh, you know, you're not invincible. None of us are. Right. Uh, understand what it is that you're getting into and count the cost and be prepared. And, you know, this is the old Boy Scout thing, you know, be prepared for whatever's coming. Uh, in the military, we had a term is pack light and freeze at night. Uh, you know, so be prepared if you have to in emergency to stay over night if you're out in the wilderness and if you're not you know put stuff in your car even if you're driving to the high steel bridge what if your car breaks down you're a ways up there sure be prepared to stay for a little while make sure your cell phones are charged make sure people know where you're at check your cell phone uh reception because there's places in the county where you don't get oh, it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, those are just common sense things, but if you've never experienced that, you may not be aware of it. Uh, we just set, mentioned search and rescue, bring in the dive operation, the chaplain fund, and some of the uh, fire service here in Mason County. They're all gearing up along with you for another big polar bear plunge. Oh, excited about that. It's the uh, first it's the second Saturday in February, February 10th, 10th yep. and uh, we'll be out there again. This has to be up there 15, 16 years that we've been doing this. The Alderbrook's been a great spot for it, and it raises money for some of those services. Yes, the Lions Club, the Hood Canal Lions Club Union in that area, they've been doing it for years, and it's a super fun event, and you've obviously been there every time, and we have bands, yeah. and I think the Alderbrook provides chowder and hot coffee and cocoa, and it's just, the last couple of years it's been so Sunny. Yeah, we've been really, really fortunate, and uh, we then we had that snow storm Man, that canceled it. Uh, I remember that there. one too. That was a wild snow. That was a crazy. We got snow. like eight inches or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like just the day before we were doing that, and it goes to raise funds uh, through a uh, sanctioned nonprofit, Charlie's Vision 501c3, is able to then dole out the funds to the various groups in the county. I think about get maybe two thousand or better each. Yep. year for these yeah uh, and it really does uh, you know our volunteers they donate countless hours uh, to keep the north precinct open so that citizens in the Belfair area can get their pistol licenses can get their brush permits can get fingerprints can do a myriad of different administrative type things and that office is uh, staffed by volunteers solely because we just don't have enough support staff to get up there and then we have our chaplains who are helping people make next to kin notifications helping right. our our officers deal with the crisis that they see all the time those type of things uh, being counselors we have our search and rescue we have dive team uh, there's a lot of things that that really helps with to help provide 
the citizens of Mason County better services. So it's a super exciting thing. I love to do it. I love seeing you out there. I'm looking forward to it because I've actually been doing cold plunges. I don't oh. know if you've been watching that, but it's it's something that's kind of a neat thing. So I'm looking forward to not only getting in, but hanging out. Hanging in the, out for a little for, while. You know, three, four minutes in it, the water. You know, it, there is there is science behind sitting there in that cold water for a little while, I tell you that much. I'm not quite as bold as some. I, I still sit in the sauna first. I do the, the, the Scandinavian way. <laughs> yeah, nice and hot, jump in the cold and get back out. Well, Sheriff Sperling, it's good to see you and nice to talk with you about issues that impact the uh, citizens, not only in Mason County, but the surrounding listening area. Uh, it's always impactful to know your uh, relationship with the legislative representatives here in the 35th does go a long way to help our citizens and um, just a very uh, open sheriff's office and willing to help. If you see Ryan walking around, make sure you talk to him about donating to the Hood Canal Lions Polar Plunge. Again, it's February 10th up at the Alderbrook. Good yes, to see you. and thank you, Jeff, for all that you guys are doing. Uh, I just love what you're doing for our community. I appreciate yeah, it in so many you. ways, and you've done it for so many years. Thank you so much. Thanks.